I am Liz Wright. Welcome to Live Your Best Life. The only thing that matters now is living by the power of this wonderful new creation life. We're going to become an undefeatable force of radiating glory, and we are rising up strong now in this hour. Hello, family. Thank you for tuning in to this week's what's going to be a very special life-transforming conversation. And uh, yeah, I'm very, very excited to have joining me for the conversation today, a man who honestly and truly has discovered the power of experiencing the love of Jesus in the most profound way that has transformed his life. And now through his relationship with Jesus, lives are being transformed and set free all over the world, literally. He is the lead pastor of Fearless Church in downtown Los Angeles. They have three bases, and he is now the author of Declare War on Fear, which you're going to hear more about. And literally, this book encapsulates his life message. It is his story. And so you're going to be super blessed today. It's my joy to welcome into the conversation with me, Jeremy Johnson. Jeremy, welcome. Thank you, Liz. Oh my gosh, it's such a joy to have you on. Okay, I want to dive in at the beginning because obviously I've been reading your book, reading your story, and you are somebody that has experienced a major war with the spirit of fear from an early age. And I just wanted to ask you for those watching around the nations who aren't familiar with your story, what happened to you? Like, where where did you get to in your life where you just thought, oh man, there's spirit of fear, I am under attack here. What happened when you began to realize that? Yeah, I, I mean, at, at a young age, I I think um, like maybe like a lot of us, I mean, that are watching this, if you're drawn to this particular podcast, you probably have the same story. And a lot of my story is trying to fit in most of my life, trying to fit in, trying to find my place and then realizing that I didn't over and over again and thinking it was some part of me that was why I didn't fit in and then realizing later on that it was actually God who made me stand out to the place where I didn't fit in so that I would have to seek him to find my purpose and my destiny. And I think along with that not fitting in um, comes the spirit of fear and, and, um, and not just my own fears that came with things. I, I really believe that generationally um, through hearing stories about my grandpa who was an alcoholic but was an alcoholic because he would uh he was the lead singer of a band and before he would get up there every time to perform he would have to get drunk to to even remove the fear um to my uncle who never flew on a plane because he was um afraid of dying on a plane just some of these things that I realized wow I'm I'm not uh, I'm not the first to fight this battle, but right. but I want to be the last and I want to um, be the David of my family and kill this Goliath um, and realizing that fear was not just an emotion or a mm -hmm. feeling, but it was a spirit. And um, many times I went the emotion route and, you know, you, you try to you try to do all the things the world tells you will get rid of the emotion of fear, um, you know. I don't know, meditation or, uh, you know, yoga or, or whatever ways, pills or counseling. And the, the crazy thing is you can't counsel out a spirit. 
you can't pill out a spirit. You can't yoga out a spirit. You have to cast out a spirit and um, you have to do that with a greater spirit. And I've just discovered that that greater spirit is the spirit of love, which is Jesus, the person of Jesus. Um, you know, the Bible doesn't really tell us to face our fears like um, the world so often does. The world tells us to face love and it's love. First John four eighteen. it's love that cast out fear, not, not us. Um, and so I've had to learn that the hard way <laughs> of trying to face my fears. And there are some fears that you can face and, and it feels like you've conquered them. But what happens when you face a fear that you can't face alone? What happens when your child's in the hospital or when you get that, um, that prognosis of that disease or whatever it is, how do you face that fear? Um, and it doesn't go away if you face it but it does remove its power when you face perfect love and perfect love cast out fear. And I've just found that in my life. And I can tell you story after story about how fear has shown up in my life. I think it, mm. it keeps trying to show up. It keeps trying to knock on the door. I mean, as long as you're alive and breathing and you're doing things for God and you have a purpose and a destiny uh, fear will do everything it can to stop you because it knows what's on the other side of it. It knows yeah. on the other side of your freedom. Yeah, I think that's hugely important, isn't it, to recognize that this, there's a difference between fear and the spirit of fear when it's an assignment to block your destiny. And mm. that was something that it comes across very clearly in the book that you you really differentiate between the two. You've experienced both. Yeah. And it's very clear when it's an assignment. Mm. And also, would you share with us, I found it incredibly moving, your vulnerability as well. I just want to say thank you, Jeremy, for being so vulnerable, particularly as a man, to be so open about some a subject that is difficult for people to speak to, but uh, you know we get communications in from you guys all over the world, and fear is a big issue, you know as we know in the world right now, and it do, we do need to have this conversation, and so I'm so thankful that the Lord has brought you to this point where you've been able to release your story to strengthen all of us, you know what I mean? And to get this narrative out there, this conversation out there to say, you know what, we've got to realize what's going on here. And you've also provided us with some very, very powerful keys that you've learned that work through your experience. Of course, principally what you've already been talking about is when you encounter the one who is perfect love, he yeah. is the solution. But I wanted to go back in your story a little bit, Jeremy, because it was so moving where you share the experiences that brought this to a head to, for you. You know, you obviously lost people that you dearly loved and you were in an excruciatingly difficult set of circumstances and you were like, enough this changes yeah. now which can we go there a little bit yeah 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 when i was in high school uh you know i i i didn't know it was fear a spirit i just thought it was my personality my who i am like oh i'm just this kind of a scared person i'm just like live and this is this is me you know i'm just kind of nervous or anxious or um, I was definitely afraid of public speaking and sharing my faith. Uh, I grew up in a Christian home, but, you know, I, I just didn't know. I didn't know how to even start the conversation. And later in my high school years, two of my friends actually got hit by a drunk driver um, coming home from another friend's house. Their car was hit and both of them passed away. And our whole school was invited to their funeral. And I remember being a high school senior on the front row of two of my friends, you know, uh, funeral. Um, 
and just life hits you. You start asking the bigger questions at a young age. Um, I think as you get older, you you obviously think of life and death, but when you're young, you don't. And um, and so it just hit me like my faith and do I believe and is there a heaven? Is there a hell? Is there, you know, all these things. And as I'm sitting there struggling with my own faith, the mom of one of the kids asked me at the end to get up and close in prayer and maybe say a few words as, as one of the students. And it's that moment that in your uh, high school youth group, you talk about, you know, winning your whole campus to Jesus. I grew up in a small town. We had one high school. We didn't, we didn't even have a stoplight in the town I grew up in. Like that's how small it was. And so this funeral was like the whole, the whole city of youth were there, you know? And, um, and so I got up to do what the mom asked me to do. And I just felt the Lord urging me to share the gospel, to share my faith, to invite people to Jesus and give them hope. And at the same time, I heard that spirit of fear. And that spirit of fear was so much stronger uh, in my life at that time than, than not stronger, but louder than, than even the voice of God was in my life. And so that day I said a nice little prayer and I gave no hope. I gave no solution. I just prayed and sat back down and I was gripped by fear. And I knew that i hadn't done the right thing. And uh, that night, my best friend who was on the front row uh, went out and got drunk and high. And uh, when he went to leave the place he was at, um, being just out of his mind, he hit reverse instead of drive back the car into a pole. And hours later, when he woke up from the impact, um, he looked around the car and most likely thought he had killed everybody in the car because they were all just knocked out as well. They were, they were drunk and high as well. And so in pain, um, we believe to what have happened that he, he walked to the railroad tracks that were right there and, and took his life, waited for a train and took his life. And so then obviously when those people woke up, they found their brother. Um, and so when news reached, our class that this had happened like you can imagine the the pain the guilt the shame um that i just i couldn't get this guy's head out this guy's face out of my head as i thought about i was just speaking to the i could have given this guy hope but since i didn't he reached for whatever substance and then ends up here and so every day i would drive over those rubber tracks as a high school senior and just weep and just cry and just feel so guilty and so ashamed and uh, controlled by this spirit of fear. And I remember um, the voice of God just broke through one day as I was driving over those tracks and invited me down the tracks. And uh, so I got out of my car and I walked down the tracks, what seemed like miles. And, uh, you know, light turned to dark and it was getting dark. And But I ended up at this place where someone had set up a cross and it had the name of my friend on it. And it was obviously his mom had set up um, this this memorial cross for him. And I just fell at that cross. To me, that cross was just this moment of, of um, you know, just revelation of God's love and um, his grace. And and then I heard that same voice that told me to go down the tracks, say, Jeremy, I'm the God of the second chance. And I was just like, God, if you're handing out second chances, <laughs> Like I, I, I need to know you. I need, I need your love. I need your grace. And so, I mean, I experienced God at that place where my friend took his life 
greater than any church service. Not that the church services were bad, but it was just a moment for me where heaven opened up and God touched my life. And and so from that moment on, I just began the journey of being fearless, of 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 leaving fear. And, um, you know, our church is called Fearless. And our saying, our motto is love more, fear less. Because I believe as you take a step towards love, 1 John 4, 18, you know, there's no fear in love. Um, so if there is no fear in love, the closer you get to love, the less fear you automatically have. And um, and then it says, but perfect love cast out all fear. And so, you know, it's just been a journey, you know, fo- following that voice of love, which is Jesus um, and 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 uh, learning my identity in Christ and um, learning that I'm not just one that was saved. I'm a son and yeah. uh, and 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 I'm an heir and I'm a, I'm, I'm royal. And uh, if he's the king of kings, then I'm a king. And so I can declare and and uh, decree things and I can um, have authority. He's given me authority. He's given us the keys. Um, and so for a long time, Liz, I sat in that that um, that prison cell with the keys to the door and um, I sat waiting for God to set me free. But but it's really the moment that I start using the keys he's given me, that authority he's given me as a son that I begin to walk out of that cell. And and now that I've learned what keys unlocked me, I, I find that I have the power to help others get out of the same prisons. Um, yeah. and, and it's not even usually what I say, it's what I carry now, um, yeah. you know, and, and it is what you say, but at the same time, there's something about what you carry through what you've been through. And I just encourage you, if you're watching this right now and you're struggling with fear, or you feel depressed, you feel overwhelmed, you feel like you're at the beginning of my story. Um, you will one day set others free from the very cages that you're in. And the devil knows that. And he's afraid of you getting out and you getting free because it's not just about your freedom. It's about all the freedom that will come through your life. Yeah. You're the first of many brothers. You know, you're the first of many people that are going to come to God. And, um, yeah, and you know, I've just helped see so many people free. You know, our church is called Fearless. Yeah. And I always, I always just tell our church this. It's not like a, a location we arrive. It's a life we live. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's so, good. You know, we're just every day, we're, we're to every day. We find a new fear. We find a new thing. Life brings a new trauma. Um, mm-hmm. Every day we're going to become more than conquerors every day. We're going to get back up one more day. And, um, and, you know, I, I say this, there's all, there's miracle and there's management. I think in the kingdom, we, we either search for one or the other, you know, we're looking for manage everything and no miracles. And then we're looking for only miracles and no management. I think it takes both. I think it takes, um, you know, the the sword of the spirit and the belt of truth. I think it takes, you know, just living daily saying, okay, God, is this a miracle I need or is this management? Do I need to manage my thoughts right now? Do I need to manage the the people I'm putting my life around? Do I, am I, am I going in the wrong places at the wrong times and I'm creating more drama and more chaos or is this a miracle I need? I need a mirror. I need you to take this out of my heart. I need you to remove nightmares. I need you to heal my mind from those PTSD moments, those post-traumatic stress moments. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. that that I think it's a journey. And I just encourage you wherever you're at. I mean, 
the book at so here's what I did, Liz. At the book, at the end of the book, I put all the scriptures on being on fear not, because I heard Ooh, there, yeah, I heard there were fantastic. 365 in the Bible is what uh, you know Twitter and and uh, you know Instagram say, but but I actually found out there's way more than 365. There there's there's about 400 and something, and so. I always say it this way. I think God gave us a little more because some days require a few more bullets. You need more than one a day. For <laughs> ammunition. And then after that, I put all the scriptures on the fear of the Lord because I really believe that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of really being fearless. It's the beginning of wisdom because when you fear the Lord, you don't have to fear anything else. Yeah. And, and you have that, that reverential you know, awe. That, reverential awe of god like what is the fear of man when you have the fear of the lord yeah what is the fear of dying when you have the fear of the lord like like when you have the awe of him that and and really fear is just Mm. worship it's just worship and and uh, you know that that fear of the lord it's do you have the worship of the lord you have the worship Mm. of your problem the worship of your situation the worship of going broke the worship of getting fired the worship of man um, and so you're, I always say it this way, your worry and your worship, both enthrone a spirit. Oh yeah. my gosh. That's profound. No, that's that, profound. Yeah. Say that again. That, your, your, that your one worry, your worry and your worship, both enthrone a spirit. It's just, which one have you enthroned today? And that's whatever one you've yeah. enthroned is that's the one that rules over your life. And yeah. so we, we know that our worship, uh, you know, God is enthroned in our praises, and so yeah. we we enthrone him. He's already on the throne, but he becomes he's on the throne of our lives. And yeah. and, and we have to put him there. We have yeah. to remove worry. We have to remove the fear of man by removing those things and just saying, I will not give in to worry. Yeah. I will not. Um, you know, we know worry is 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 pointless and powerless, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. what, what use is worrying about tomorrow? Tomorrow has enough worries of itself. You know, it's right. powerless. Right. And I love the fact as well, you're living, you're living with divine perspective. When you're living in the reverential fear of the Lord, that awe of God, you see who he is as king, don't you? And you sit everything in the context then of divine perspective and fear loses its power. And it's, it's honestly, when you're speaking, there's so much authority coming off you because of what you walked and what you're walking in the way you've just set this as a plumb line in your life. You will not tolerate the spirit of fear in your life in any situation. And what else you said then? I thought that was profound. You're you're talking to Jesus all the time. Is this a miracle or is this management? I think that's fantastic. So when you're helping people come out of fear, because I know you've helped masses of people now and are continuing to, give us some keys. How do you do that? How do we navigate ourselves internally? So people who are stuck right now from the get-go, give us a few keys. How do we, I mean, you already have, you've just poured out so much wisdom, but practical, break it down into practicals. Why did they start? Yeah, yeah, and 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 here's the thing. I think I always start letting them know my story. Yeah. Because if they see a pastor on this stage and doing all these things with their life, and then they go, "Well, I, I'll never relate. I could never do that." Then when I let my walls down and share with them what I've been through, then yeah, it's it goes, huge. Oh, if you if you could do it, if God could do it for you, He could do it for me. And I think that's where we begin. And, um, you know, I just yeah. had a young man come up to me the other week and said, pastor, just hearing your story and you run all this, you're the pastor of fearless church and you still have to like 
pray before you get on a plane and you still have to fight those battles with fear, it's helped me to not be afraid that I have these battles to not, you know, and so I think that's for me where I start helping people. But I think, um, you know, embracing your call, uh, realizing your identity, those are two, realizing your identity in Christ and then Mm -hmm. understanding your call in Christ are two keys to becoming fearless. Because when you realize your identity, um, and, and, and most people don't, don't, they know their identity, but, but they, they, they don't understand how powerful it is because when, when you understand that you're a son or a daughter, that you can come boldly before his throne of grace, then when you experience that kind of love, nothing else matters. Whenever you get in the presence of God, it's like everything else doesn't really matter. Things that you're so worried about, things you're so fearful about. And so, but it's, but if you don't, it, it, it's hard to get close to love if you don't, and the person of Jesus, if you don't particularly feel like he likes you, that he desires you. It, it's hard to get close to anybody that you don't feel like loves you and desires you. So I think it's it's understanding that, that you are loved, that you are liked, that that God enjoys your company, that that God, God longs to, his, his ultimate goal is to be with us. Everything, the whole Bible is about him. It's a love letter to the saints about their destiny and about who they are and who they're called to be. And that God chose us in, in spite of us, not, not, not because of us. And that his love for us is a father's love. You know, when, when we had our, our, our baby girl, uh, Lyric, who's now 10 years old, she was my first child. And, and while my wife was pregnant, I'm talking to her belly. I'm dreaming of days this child will be born. I, you know, the funny thing is, is Lyric at that time, my daughter had never done anything for me. She had never performed. She had never, uh, there was nothing she could do to be, I could be proud of her with, you know, but yet I was so proud of her. I was so in love with her. There was nothing she did yet. She just was an embryo. She was just a, inside of a womb, but I already loved her before I met her. And and I, that's the love of a father. So a father doesn't just love because of, a father loves because you're his and and a good father loves because of his character because of who i I was going to be a good father before i ever met my daughter and so that's our father our father god doesn't love so so understanding that love understanding um that 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 ferocious that that amazing love of the father um for us that you can't lower or raise it you can't you can't nothing you do or don't do you are loved at 10 at all times by god and 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 that's just that's what a great place to start when you know that identity then you can walk into that room of love and you can experience that perfect love that cast out all fear and then i think understanding your identity leads to desiring your call because if god sees so much in me and he and i'm his son then i must be called to do great things like him he created order in chaos he he's a creative god he's a powerful god he's a loving god he's a rescuing god he's a he's the savior of the universe so if 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 that's who he is i must look like him i must walk like him and and then when you begin to walk in your call then fear is going to come at you even harder because it's afraid of you doing what you're doing, but it gives you purpose in the pain. 
um, it, everything starts making sense now. Why the battle is so fierce? And the Bible says to those that love God and are called according to his purposes, he takes all this, the bad stuff, <laughs> everything in our life, and he turns it around for the good. And so this can help you to become fearless because you, when you begin to say, I love God, I'm experiencing his love and I'm walking in his call. Okay. Then no matter what comes, God's going to use it for my good. God's going to use this sickness for my good. He's going to use this pain for my good. He's going to use this rejection for my good. Even look at Jesus. He, God could have chose to give him 12 disciples that didn't turn on him, that didn't leave him at the cross. But he only one was at the cross. All the rest ran. One turned on him. God allowed his son to walk through pain, through rejection, through 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 ostracization, through through his own people. Because when you walk through pain, you can connect to people who have walked through pain. And and it's not your wounds that help people. It's your scars. And so wounds say one thing. I know what it's like to hurt, but a scar says two. I know what it's like to hurt, but I also know what it's like to be healed. And when Jesus came to the disciples, he did not show them his wounds, although he had wounds. He showed them his scars. And I, and I really believe that when you read this book, you're going to be touched by my scars. I'm telling you about where I was wounded, but I'm also showing you how God began to heal me. And I think... Yeah. When people begin to see that, that healing is powerful. And, and there are a whole group of people that are wounded and we're victims. And we're, but when we get out of that chair and we begin to be healed by Jesus and we begin to be empowered by Jesus and we begin to walk at our call, when we go through things, we can stop saying why and we can start saying, how are you going to use this? How are you going to use this? Yeah. And, and, and how are you going to use this in my life? Wow, this. You know, I mean, as a pastor, I walk through suicidal thoughts and 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 depression and anxiety attacks as a pastor after my church was going and I had over three anxiety attacks and one on the freeway with my family on the way to a Christian outreach we were doing and thinking I was going to die. I was thinking I was having heart attacks and and and, and those moments of pain let's say it this way. God, the father, the Holy spirit, Jesus are sitting in heaven, just hearing our prayers. And we say, God, I'm depressed. I'm frustrated. I'm anxious. I'm, I'm in pain. I'm, we say, God, I'm in pain. And God, the father goes, what is pain? You know, God, the Holy spirit says, what is pain? What is, I've never felt pain. And Jesus, the son raises his hand. <laughs> It says, I know what it is. I know what it feels. I, I, I can connect us to them. And so I think when you walk through these things in life, it's understanding that God never wastes the pain. He never wastes the hurt. If you're walking through something and he's allowed it, you can trust that you are in sometimes, sometimes when it's darkest, you're in the palm of his hand, not yeah. out in the wilderness. Yeah. And, yeah. and um, you can trust that and you can know if I'm in his call and I I love him and I'm going and I'm in that love relationship and I'm walking in my call, then you know what? Today I can be fearless. And you know what? I'm not going to worry about tomorrow. I'm going to focus on today. 
I'm going to get through today. It's a daily journey. The the Bible is called a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. So a lamp does not light the next 10 years. It gives you enough room for one more step in the dark to make one more move forward, one more step towards love. And I just encourage you, if you're watching this today and you're just full of fear, you're in the middle of anxiety attacks, depression. I just want to tell you that David was not just called to fight Goliath. He was called to defeat Goliath. And I really believe, you know, we as Christians go, I'm just going to keep fighting this thing. And God's like, no, I want you to defeat this thing. I want you Mm -hmm. to take the head of this giant off the battlefield. You're going to carry his sword in victory, Mm -hmm. total, complete victory and healing from fear. Jeremy, I just want to ask you, please, would you pray for everybody just in the few minutes that we've got left for anybody that's struggling right now? I just know this is going to be a moment of massive breakthrough for them. Yes. Yes. I would. I would love to. And I just encourage you, if you're watching right now, I just want you to lift, lift your hands or you're listening, just lift your hands right there where you're at. I'm just going to, we're just going to invite the Holy Spirit and we're going to invite his presence into your room. You're struggling with fear. Just acknowledge that right there. You're you're waging a war with fear. Maybe you felt like uh, this fear will never go away. This is just who I am. I'm just an anxious and scared person. I'll always be afraid of this. I just want to declare over you today, fear left alone never goes away. It only grows and ne- never shrinks. So today you must, no one else, you must declare war on fear. You must tell fear out of your own mouth that you are a child of God and that fear has no right, no legal right to your life, to your destiny, to your purpose. And we just declare that right now with anyone watching, listening, that's lifting their hands, just saying right here, Holy Spirit, Lord, we just declare freedom. We declare life. We just ask God, Lord, anyone dealing with suicidal thoughts, anyone with dealing with depression, Anyone who has had fears, friends show up at its doorstep, at their doorstep. God, I just pray right now, Holy Spirit, you would give them the courage, the the, the tenacity, the, the face like flint, God, to move forward in your call, to step towards your love, God. Lord, we just turn from fear right now. We turn away from fear and we turn like 1 John 4, 18 tells us, we turn to love. And Lord, I just pray you would show them your eyes of love, your heart of love, your passion for them. And that love would be a weight called glory. It would be a weight, God, in the Bible calls it kabod. It would be a weight, God, that would weigh the scales, that would tip the scales, God. What's been so heavy and depression and sinking, God, your presence right now would outweigh them. God, we just pray, God, areas of trauma, areas like where PTSD has come, God, areas where a moment happened, God, Lord, we just ask, God, Lord, show them your grace even in that situation. Show them your hand of rescue even there. And Lord, we pray you would take the pain and you would give it purpose. You would take the wounds and you would bring healing you, you would do only what you could do, God. There would be miracles made, God. Lord, today we serve notice on fear. We tell fear you have no place 
no destiny, no hold on our life. This is the day where fear died, where fear, Lord, we pray for a fearless church to arise. We pray for leaders that are secretly afraid that at night things keep them up all night. We pray for a perfect night's rest tonight. We pray all nightmares would leave, all visions from the enemy would be destroyed in Jesus' name. And we do it not just for us, we do it for every person that will come after us, every person that is a, a spiritual son or daughter, every every real son or daughter, physical son or daughter, God, we just break, we break fears hold in our life. It ends with us in Jesus' name. And we just thank you. Amen. Oh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. I could see while you were praying then, Jeremy, the Lord just rooting and grounding and establishing all of us, all of us deep in his love. You know, like you said, perfect love, experiencing the one who is perfect love, eradicates fear from our lives, casts out all fear, all torment. Oh my gosh. Amen. Amen, amen, that you would be established in the experience of the Lord, the Lord's love this week, and you would be established in the truth of who you are as a child of God, one who actually has authority here. Holy Spirit, wow. Thank you, Lord. Jeremy, thank you so much. Thank you for your vulnerability. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you. You are a, literally a message of contagious hope for all of us and a voice in this hour. There's so much impartation that comes from you when you speak. So thank you for pressing through because we realize yeah. that clearly the journey's not been easy, but my goodness me, you've come through the other side victoriously and you, you're just giving us keys that are life transforming now. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And guys, thank you for giving us your precious time today too. We pray you have the most life transforming week experiencing the love of Jesus. And I look forward to being with you again next Monday. God bless. Over 20 years ago now, I had a life transforming experience with Jesus. He enabled me to begin to walk with him in a supernatural way where a lifestyle of encounters became my normal. And that's why I wrote Reflecting God. I have literally poured out into this book all of the keys that I have learned down the years on how you walk this kind of life with him. I encourage you pick up a copy of Reflecting God from wherever you buy your books.